Hi, I'm your host, Candace Wolf, and this is the Quitters Club podcast. This is an all-inclusive club where we talk about the uncomfortable process of quitting what no longer works for us. This club isn't about giving up. It's about taking your life back. We're going to get uncomfortable, like being naked in your dream at your old high school, kind of uncomfortable. So be a quitter. Join the club. Welcome back. I am so excited for you to hear this week's episode. I know I say that all the time, but I just really get so excited about all of these guests. But I had a blast chatting with my gal pal, Bianca Osborne. Bianca is the host of Combination Plates on CTV, and she's the host of the podcast On Your Plate by The Brand is Female, and she's a guest expert on The Marilyn Dennis Show. No big deal. She is living proof that when you step into who you really are, big things happen. And not only do they just happen, they happen really easily. We talk about everything on this episode from moving to a new city to periods, blood sugar, and even having the gift of gab. Bianca had me cracking up. And if you don't know her, I know you will love her as much as I do after this episode. So let's get to it. Enjoy. Welcome. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm, I'm so happy that you asked me. I mean, we've known each other a while, but we've kind of gone on like some divergent paths. From I know, it's so crazy. From before. Yeah, it's so crazy to me. I was thinking about this, like you are such a great example for our quitters in the club because Thanks. you really were like, this just isn't working for me. I'm going to do something else. So I remember us sitting at, in our little mastermind group, at credo on 124 (laughs) and you were like guys I got big plans for my life and I gotta (laughs) I gotta move to Toronto to do it I can't do it here and you just did it and now I I don't remember how many years ago that was (laughs) but now you host a podcast you're a guest expert on the Marilyn Dennis show and you have your own tv show now it's it's wild to me even because like I think it was it would have been so I'm four and a half years of living in Toronto now so when we had those conversations probably been about five years ago now but I just like honestly was so unhappy in Edmonton and I knew that like whatever I wanted I couldn't find it there and I just thought like I would rather like fail miserably in Toronto having tried than um not try. Cause I feel like, you know, in relation to this podcast and like quitters club, I think quitting anything is fine. As long as you don't like quit on yourself. And I knew for me, like staying in Edmonton would have been just like quitting on everything that like I wanted for myself, just cause it was like easier in a sense. Comfortable, right? Yes. So what was, tell, walk me through what was going on in your life in Edmonton that kind of led you to the decision to, to move to Toronto. Well, I just was like trying everything with the business that you knew me in. So I had like a private chef, but also meal planning and like all that kind of stuff, like making food for people business. And I always like would watch 
you know, daytime television. I would watch cooking shows. And that was like what I wanted to do. It was like my dream. But I realized that everything that I was trying to do that I thought would get me there in Edmonton, like starting this business, I didn't even really want to start that business, if I'm being honest with you. But I thought that would have been a really good stepping stone to get people's attention to like do the TV thing. And also like, I was just doing what a lot of people said I should do. You know, someone's like, you should do this. I was like, okay, you should do this. I was like, okay, just because I didn't really know myself that well. Um, And I was just like, dating terrible men which is no fault of their own more my inner workings needed to be worked out I had some really bad friendships that have since resolved in a lot of ways because we've all grown but I was just I had bad friendships bad relationships bad relationships with myself mostly and it was just like partly because I knew that I wasn't like doing what I should be doing. I wasn't where I should be I was like spinning my wheels Mm. and so finally I like went to Toronto I guess came because I'm here right now, came to Toronto in the summer of 2016 for a friend's wedding. And I just was like, I love it here. Like, I feel so happy here. I, and it's interesting because that year I actually cut the tip of my thumb off right before I went. And I still felt happier being there. Like I was like, I'm like missing the tip of my thumb and I'm still having the best time here. And I just like made the decision to sell all my stuff, give away all my clients and just like make a go of it. And I had no idea how it was going to happen. Like, that's one thing I think people should know about quitting sometimes is you just don't know what the next step is, but you know that you need to just like stop this step where it is and how I was and where I was. So would you say it was like a quick decision? Was it a quick, like... I don't want to say impulsive, but like, or was it more just like you were feeling, 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 and then the feeling changed. So you were like, yeah, I want to go where the good feeling is. Uh, I think I was, there was like, I had always sort of, cause I lived in Toronto in another life right after high school, I moved here to do music. I studied jazz vocals. And so <laughs> that was like, I know it's, I've done a lot, I've done a great many things, but that was one of the things I did. And so I always knew I wanted to come back, but like life happened when I moved back to Edmonton, you know, I started a business, I you just get caught up, but there was like a point in the first year, about like seven months into the Vitality Kitchen, which is what my old business was, that I kind of was like, maybe I don't like this as much as I thought I did. Maybe like, I hate it, but I just couldn't listen to that thought because I was already so down the line of things and also pride pride is a big thing and I just didn't want to look like a quitter yeah I also didn't want to look like a failure and um but I kind of knew that was what I wanted but it was actually the cutting off of my thumb because I was daydreaming while working about being in Toronto and being like I was like pretending I was like on the Marilyn Dennis show and I was like miming and I like just it was a mistake. It was crazy. It was a crazy accident. Um, and that was when I was kind of like, this is insane that like the universe is giving me nudges, but now the universe is like kicking my ass. So I just kind of like went with that feeling. And I just knew I didn't have any clear signs. It was going to work out. I actually had no money when I left, but I just knew I needed to go. Okay. And tell me a little bit about how, how it's been since you've been there, because I mean, I want people to think like, well, you just quit what you're doing and then you got your own TV show. Oh my gosh. Absolutely not. The first year I was spun out. Like, I don't know any other way to say it, but I just like, I didn't know my head from my feet. I was just like, all like it was, it was wild. Like I actually kind of sometimes get like a bit of a stomachache when I think about it. Cause it was so 
uncomfortable. I was also in my thirties when I did it. Like when I moved the first time I was like 18. So it was like, I had nothing to lose. I could call my parents for money anytime. Like it was very that, but this time it was like, there was way bigger stakes. I had told everyone I was like moving to me on TV. It was just like so much pressure. And I think in that first year, I kind of not let the pressure get to me, but I definitely felt the weight of all of that. And yeah, it was just, I had no money. I was taking whatever client I could get. Cause I came here with like a thousand dollars and no clients and a place to live, but no clients, no nothing. And I just had to like, I came at the beginning of the month and I was like, that gives me a whole month to like get money, get paid and like feed myself. And so that was also a lot of stress and pressure, but the first year was insane. The thought of even like being on TV or anything wasn't even in my head at that time, even though that's the reason I came here. It was just survival. Like I just had to make it work. So anyone who wants to make a big change and knows deep inside, like their intuition is saying, like, make this change, know that like, there's probably going to be some really hard times because that's just the nature of transformation, you know? Yeah. It's not always just like easy steps. No. So you moved your business from Edmonton to Toronto, just just to kind of pay the bills, essentially, like you were just still doing what you knew, right? Yeah, totally. Well, and that was like how I exactly it's a skill that I had. And luckily, Toronto has a great many wealthy people that don't like to cook their own food. So yeah. I was it was easy, like I found clients pretty quickly. But like, again, in a place of kind of desperation, I just took any and every client and I have, I have a million just crazy stories about clients that I would never share just some professional, but there it's, it's, it was wild that first year, but I made it work. I, there were times when I was like, I think I'm going to move back home. And even my mom who like loved having me in Edmonton was like, there's nothing for you here. <laughs> like, why would you come back? Oh, so, um, but the first year for like, was, I mean, just, it was insane. There's no other way to describe it. And what was the turning point then when you were like, okay, Bianca, I came here to you know, be on TV. And I, here I am doing the same thing I was doing in Edmonton. Like what was the shift? I think, okay. So at the beginning of 2018, I made a like new year's resolution that instead of, cause like all my whole life, I have just always done what other people said to do. Like I'm a strong personality, but I'm also like a human being and can be easily influenced. And so I was always doing what people said to Bianca, you're good at this. Bianca, you're this. I was always trying to mimic what other people were doing that I looked to be successful to me. And again, just spinning my wheels, kind of getting nowhere. And so my resolution in 2018, you know, if you believe in resolutions or not, was to just like everything that I was going to do, I was going to do it like being myself honoring what I wanted to do not like yes listening to what people have to say but also letting it be about like what Bianca wants how Bianca is how Bianca talks like not putting on anything from anyone else and just like being myself and I mean again it didn't happen right away but I kind of was like if I'm going to get any opportunities I want them to come to me because I'm being me because it's easier to just like take these opportunities as ourselves as opposed to having to be like something else So it was the summer of 2018. I kept getting this like ad for this like Gusto TV, which is a food network in Toronto in Canada. And I kept getting this ad for like audition, audition if you have like a story about like your family heritage and food. I mean, I have so many and I kept seeing it and I was just like, nah, no, no. And I kept seeing, kept seeing it. Finally, I saw it on like a Friday and um, it was like, it was due that, 
day, like that day at like five. And I'm like, okay, I'll put together an audition tape, just something quick. Because I mean, I was like, the universe is really telling me to like take this offer up. And why were you saying no to it so many times before? Were you just like- I don't know. I just kind of was like- I don't know why I was saying no, actually. Yeah. Sometimes you block blessings without even realizing it. Um, I just maybe thought it, you know, it, I don't know. I just didn't envision like the opportunity coming that way. Like I had sort of envisioned them coming to me and be like, oh my God, we love you. As opposed to me having to ask them. It's like, you know, I've wanted to be wanted. I know, I don't know, weird. But anyways, <laughs> I like, I uh, just kept saying no. And so finally I said, yes, put this audition tape together, sent it. And it was five minutes long. And then I looked at the instructions again and it said it had to be in like three minutes or less. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, you know what, whatever. I sent it, I did it. If it's meant to be, I'll hear from them. And like literally like Monday morning, I had heard from someone and they're like, hey, we loved your audition tape. And I was like, oh wow, okay, sweet. I guess following the rules isn't always something you need to do. Um, and uh, then I went through the audition process for the show. And it was, I think, three kind of meetings. And then I got uh, like a, a part on the show, but it was like a one episode, it was called DNA Dinners. And it's kind of like discovering your heritage through the lens of food, which is like always so interesting. And so that opportunity was great. It was like one of those turning points where I was like, and when I was on set, everyone was like, you're so great at this. Like, this is something you should consider doing. Like, you're so comfortable in front of the camera. And I was like, ooh, it was feeling like really like, happy with myself but then after that it was probably another I'd say like six no maybe about five months before the daytime tv started to like hit but in between that so like right before that audition for DNA dinners um I was approached by a really popular or I wasn't approached I like had interviewed with a really popular like meal kit company and got to like the last interview and I was kind of like just tired I had been working as an entrepreneur since 20, 2009 and I was just like beat you know I'd moved across the country I'd done all these things and I was like maybe I just want a job cooking working with food and just like getting a paycheck every two weeks that would be so nice so anyways I got to like the final like part of this like interview process and they like they didn't choose me and I was like devastated I was so devastated because I was just tired but I was also like you know, when is it going to work out for me? Like, you know, I was feeling very like that feeling. Yeah. And I think it was like maybe eight weeks later, I got DNA dinners, which I wouldn't have been able to do um, if I was like working at this job because it was super hectic. But like, not even that. Whereas like six months later, five months later, I got the Marilyn Dennis show and the frequency with which I do that show, like there was no way I could have gotten that job and worked at that job and still done all the things that I'm doing now. So, I mean, things happen for a reason, but I think the big shift for me, I mean, long story, not short at all, was that I like just made the decision to just be myself. I think we are all so heavily influenced by what people think of us, what people think we're doing with our lives. But once I kind of detached myself from like what people thought of what I was doing and just like just did what I was doing and wanted to do like unashamed. I think that's when things kind of shifted for me. Mm, that's a big thing too, doing it unashamed. Mm -hmm. Because you said, you said you always wanted to have the show, but you were doing all these other things, hoping that, well, I don't know. Cause I feel like I've done this in other areas of my life too, where you do all these different things, hoping that, so, you know, something will just yeah. fall your lap or something. Totally. 100%. Going for the thing. 
Well, and I mean, that's what I think too, like, you know, not to be too butterfly effect about it. I mean, you change anything in the kink, it would throw everything off. But I often do wonder what my life would look like right now had I moved at the first like instinctual and like intuitive hit to move and to do it, which was like back in like 2010. But I just was scared to do it, didn't think I could do it, didn't know how I would do it. But I mean, fast forward, you know, seven years and I was just like, I don't care how it happens. I just can't live in Edmonton anymore. So worked so out. So how did the the spot on Marilyn Dennis come to be then? So what, a, a woman who is one of my closest friends now. So we were kind of like hanging out um, all throughout 2018. We'd see each other at parties and we'd like really like each other. And she would always be like, you are so funny. You should be on TV. And I was like, okay, I'd love to. But you know, when you're out and you just like in passing yeah, yeah. and it's just like, you should be on TV. It's like, yeah, babe, let's go get a shot. Yeah, babe, let's go get a drink. You know what I mean? Very that. And so, especially like, you know, pre-pandemic times we were like out and about. Yeah. And so, um, she invited me to um, a party of hers. It was like a Golden Globes party. We were all watching and there were some people there in the CTV mix as well. Cause she also was a producer for CTV, but not Marilyn Dennis. And so they were all like, you should, cause I was just doing what I do, which was like commentary and just being funny <laughs> as they say. And um, they were like, you should be on TV. And I'm like, I would love to be on TV, help me out. And then, but again, I just thought, whatever, you know, like we're just talking, but joking about it. And then this was a Sunday. And so the Monday, my friend, the one, and her name is Kathleen, who I had been mixing with all year. She's like, she's like, okay. She's like, send me a few ideas for some segments and I'll send it to my friend, Callista, who was like my old producer. And so again, I like sent her stuff and I was kind of just like, and it was like very easy. Like I sent it to her in like a, like a note on my phone. I just like texted it to her. And again, you just think what's going to happen. What's going to come of this? So then Tuesday, I got an email from Callista being like, hey, we're running auditions on Friday. Do you want to come down? We can like, we can slot you in at like 10. And I was like, oh my God, this is really happening? <laughs> like, it was like one of those things where I was like, okay, shit, this is actually like, this is something that's going down. So all week I was like practicing, miming, doing stuff that I'd already really been doing a lot because I'm, I'm a very like visualizing person. And so I had the audition. It was myself and another woman. And so, you know, before we go on and do our audition, Marilyn's not there. They say, you know, this audition is the first one. We might have the second one with you and Marilyn to see how you guys, your energy vibes. But they said it could be like up to two weeks to a month before you hear anything back. So I did my audition and I thought it was great. And like one of the senior producers who I didn't know was a senior producer at the time came over and was like, you've done this before, right? And I was like, well, not on like national TV, like in Edmonton, but no, not really. And she's like, oh, uh. and then just like walks away. And I'm like, that's weird for a PA to say to me, just because I thought it was like just PAs milling about. And I was like, okay, <laughs> weird. And then, so I just went to work, was like working, expecting it to be two weeks. I like was thinking, okay, I'm going to book my hair appointment in a week and I'll have my hair freshly done. Like I was thinking like all those logistics. And so I auditioned on a Friday and on Monday afternoon, they were like, we loved you. We'd love to have you come record like the following Tuesday. And so I go record on the Tuesday and it goes really well. And then they said, Marilyn has never done this before. But at the end of my like first episode, she's like, this is Bianca's first time. Should we have her back? And I was just like, okay, this was amazing. And then, um, so you do like, so it kind of just like was that. And then they just kept asking me back. And now I've done like 25 of them in like two years. It's That's great. so crazy. Do you know what I love about this is that you made this resolution or like declaration, essentially, that I'm just going to be myself. I'm just going to be myself. 
and you start doing that and then stuff just kind of is really easily coming to you exactly that's exactly it it's like that's the like how you unlock the portal of success is you stop trying to be other people and you finally be yourself because no one wants a replica. No one wants a clone. No one wants a fake. You want the real thing. And I think, you know, people, whenever I meet people who say like, Oh, I saw you on TV and I talked to them. They're like, you talk exactly like how you write in your like posts on Instagram. You talk exactly like how you write in your emails and all that. And it's like, well, yeah, because it's easier <laughs> to just be yourself because it feels less hectic trying to have to, uh, being yourself as opposed to trying to shape shift into what you think people want to be and then being that that's just so much more energy outputting exactly and then okay so then you're doing Marilyn Dennis for the past couple of years and you also have a podcast and yes. now your own show Yes. So it was like the show and the podcast kind of like were in development at the same time. So all of that happened in the pandemic, which I mean, so grateful. I can't, I couldn't be more grateful. So right before the pandemic happened, so Gusto, the same network that um, I did DNA dinners, which was just like a one episode thing. So I was like, it was the beginning of 2020 and I was cleaning and I was like on that new 2020 vibe before COVID hit and we all like lost hope. And so I was just like, oh, I'm like, you know, I'm going to clean up my inbox and like clean up my junk mail and everything. And I saw this email from someone from Gusto TV and it was no one who I knew. And it was just like, hey, you know, the head of Gusto would love to sit down and talk to you about an opportunity. And I was like, this was in my junk mail. Oh my God. What if I hadn't looked? So anyways, we booked this meeting. He comes to Toronto because um, Gusto is based in Ottawa. He comes to Toronto. We have a meeting and uh, he was like, I really like you. You know, we'll have you come out and audition. I literally went out and auditioned like maybe three weeks before, like the world literally like imploded on itself with COVID. Um, so I did the audition and then Every, and then I got the offer of the show, like the first week of lockdown. So that was sort of nice. So I was like, oh my God, amazing. And that was when we thought things would be like two or three months. So we were supposed to film it in April of 2020, but we didn't end up filming until July of 2020, just because of all the things. Yeah. Yeah. And because it, we had to do smaller team, because you can't have as many people on set, uh, smaller editing teams, like all different things. It just took a lot longer for the show to come out. It didn't come out till February, but it was filmed like six months earlier. Whereas the podcast, so I'm on a podcast network. It's called The Brand is Female. And I did, I was asked to be on the like title podcast, The Brand is Female, just talking about women's empowerment. And the host was like, uh, during the podcast, she's like, have you ever thought of having a podcast? I was like, I thought about it and then I looked at the amount of work and I unthought about it pretty much. And she was like, LOL, I have an offer for you. And so she was like, I'm starting a network. I would love to have like a female voice about food and like the conversations around food and just food as in like how it's been in people's lives. And I was like, oh my God, I would love that because that was kind of like where I was going with an idea for a podcast. And we started it in, I think our first episode was at the beginning of November and we've just had episodes every Monday since. So those so two you, kind of like were born in the, in the pandemic. And do you literally just do the interview and then they do all the behind the scenes? Yeah. Oh, that's it's so awesome. sweet. <laughs> it's so awesome. Behind the scenes. That would be awesome. <laughs> well, and I also like, I feel what I've learned this year. So every year I feel like I get new lessons like 2018, be yourself. 2019, I think the whole 2018 was like, be myself. 2019 was the year I got Maryland. And that was kind of like 
be myself, but be like, don't be shy about being myself. Cause 2018, I was kind of like being myself, but like, Ooh, like trepidatious. Are my relationships changing? Cause I'm changing all that. In 2019, I was like, this is just who I'm going to be. It's like stepping fully into like wanting to be in media and really like chasing it and be honest about that. 2020 was more just about, um, there's like something that happens when I think you get all the things that you want or they start coming to you. And it's like a feeling of like not being like worthy of it or it's going to go away and like almost scared of the success. And so 2020, I really had to like shift into a different kind of person because I was making more money than I've ever made before. I was also making it in a way that felt like not work. So I was kind of like, I have more money than I've ever had, but I also feel like I haven't worked for it like I should have. And so I had to kind of change my mindset around that. And 2021 has just been the year of uh, rest is productive as well, because I got sick last year. I got like a full body eczema breakout on my body. And uh, I did like a lot of supplementation and everything. And that kind of helped. But what it really was, was just like unresolved you know, childhood stuff that I think everyone has sometimes, and also just like stress. And so this year I was kind of like, I don't need to be working as hard because now I'm getting paid for my expertise as opposed to my time. And so being more protective of like the rest portion of my life has actually benefited all parts of my life. But that's what this year was really about. And so you talked a little bit about getting sick last year. I want to kind of shift gears a bit because something that you've been doing and talking about is cycle thinking? Yes. <laughs> Tell yes. me about that. So when I was, so my eczema, I had never had eczema in my life ever before. And then in 2018, I had just like one spot on my wrist. And by 2020, at the beginning of 2020, it was like from my neck all the way down to my ankles. Like it was wild. And I was just like so itchy. And in the process of resolving my eczema, I did some really like strict dieting, like restrictive, like complete elimination diets, which can be kind of hard on the body. And I did it for a longer time than I probably should have just because, you know, the eczema was going away, but I was also um, scared of it coming back. So I stayed on this very restrictive diet for longer than I probably should have. And I just did some real damage and eczema and all the things that, you know, having a disrupted gut, having liver problems, all that stuff. I had all that. And so that affects your period pretty negatively as far as pain is concerned. And over the last couple of years, I was having really bad periods and I'm 36 and I want kids. And I was starting to get panicked because I was like, shit, this is telling me something about what's going on with like me as a fertile being. And um, I found cycle syncing because I was just like having these crazy periods. And I was also sweating my balls off at night. Like I could not I couldn't temperature regulate, which I just thought was like, oh, I run hot, but like, no, it's hormonal. And so I found cycle syncing because I just was like tired of dismissive behavior from my doctor, which I think a lot of women can relate to. Mm -hmm. And um, I read the book and it just, all of the information in um, Flow Living, which is the book that taught me about cycle syncing, it's by Alyssa mm -hmm. Beatty. Um, it kind of like, it just made sense. I was like, this sounds like me. This sounds like, you know, my body. It sounds like some of the things that I'm experiencing. And because I'm a chef, I can look at a list of foods and I can make magic with it. So I thought like, you know, there must be other women who are experiencing these two things too, and might have come across a list of food that they should be eating. That's going to help, but don't know how to put two and two together from like this list to like what it looks like on a plate. And so 
as I was going through it, I kind of waited a few months to make sure that like it actually worked for me. And then I started sharing the recipes and just some of the um, like ethos around it. And also like, you know, not hating on men, but our world has been designed for them. And a lot of the health advice we get as women is through the lens of a man, but they have a completely different body than ours do um, in terms of just like everything, how it cycles, you know, it's body clock and all of that. And so I really resonated with that. And as I started sharing, I was getting so much feedback from people being like, me too. Oh my God, me too. And then recently, so, you know, my naturopath, I actually switched. I mean, I still have a doctor, but I don't trust him as much as I used to certainly, but I have a naturopath that, um, you know, I work with and she tested me and she said, you know, you're doing great, but your blood sugar is kind of like wonky, you know? And so I still had a few, like, I would still have like one day of period pain, like the first day, but I, again, thought this is normal. This is just what happens. I might get one breakout, like one bad zit. And I'm like, this is what happens. It's normal. And once I resolved my blood sugar, that's when I truly like, and I say this without any like inflation like I don't have pain in my periods at all I don't get breakouts like at all like my period's coming in like I don't know if you can see my period's coming in like three days and I have no breakouts or anything and your skin looks great thank you um so and I don't I don't say this to be like oh my god my skin's so great but also to say like I was in rough shape for like a good two years and cycle syncing and blood sugar have, have helped me feel like better than I felt when I was like five years younger so you know, and I've gotten like all my like levels tested and everything. And now like, uh, I feel so much more empowered. I think going through a really tough health journey and then healing myself, even when my doctor said like, you can't heal this. It's just like what you have forever. Um, I feel really empowered in terms of like, I can do anything. And that has sort of bled out into like my work life, into my relationships in that, like, I can take that same level of like, you know, empowerment and like trust in my body and trust, you know, my thoughts and trust my business moves and trust the relationships I get in. Whereas I didn't necessarily have that before. And, you know, I think that's such a good point because a lot of times for women or anyone who bleeds, it's like when you're having a conversation with somebody, it's like, you don't necessarily feel how do I say this? Like, you're not necessarily your most confident self when you're on your period, mm. right? Cause you just feel totally. kind of like and gross and whatever. So to be able to get that under control is huge. And how long before when you did the, when you made the blood sugar switch, how mm. long before you noticed like a, difference? Like a month? It's, it's, on, it's like instantaneous because blood sugar is something like cycle syncing. Again, we cycle generally people who bleed every 28 days, but I mean, it varies. It goes from like 26 to 35 days is like considered a normal range. And I mean, that takes some time. Like it takes a couple of cycles. You'll hear often in like period conversations, you know, it takes a couple of cycles in order to see true lasting benefits, because these are things that, you know, mineral balances that require some time to sort of like level up and to meet you where you need to be. Whereas blood sugar is something that it's like happening right now. Like as we were talking our blood sugar, something is happening with it. It's either up, it's down, it's stable. And if you can keep that under control, like today, you'll sleep better tonight. If you can get it under control in the night, so having a really good snack before bed that's like balanced, you can get it under control. You can sleep better like that night, whereas there's other things that take a little bit longer. And so blood sugar, like I wish, and I say this all the time, 
I'm doing like a series of classes and I'm doing blood sugar class first because I feel like once you understand the mechanisms of eating for healthy blood sugar, then you just plug and play the foods of the cycle syncing and the meals of cycle syncing into that blueprint already. And then that's where like the magic happens. Okay. So that was going to be my question. Are you now teaching people what you have yes. learned about this? Okay, great. So, so we're teaching so blood sugar classes. So you can find all of this on Instagram. I like love Instagram. I've tried to do multiple platforms. I'm just bad at it. I am. So I'm an Instagram girl. Uh, you can find all my things, like my link in my bio. I have a YouTube where I'm also sharing videos there about some of the stuff that I'm doing. And I also share them on IGTV as well, but like blood sugar and cycle syncing. Those are all the classes that are coming in the fall, because I think those are the ones that are going to have the most impact on people. Like, yeah, I can teach you how to eat for energy. I can teach you how to eat for digestion, but when you eat for period health, you eat for digestion. When you eat for, you know, period health, you're eating for your hormones. When you're balancing your blood sugar eat you're doing all of those things so it's like starting with those two types of classes is really going to help people move the needle considerably so that so I was going to ask like for somebody who's like they know they need to make like I'm asking for a friend mm-hmm. they know they need to make a change <laughs> with their health you're saying start with the blood sugar Absolutely. 100%. Like, I mean, it might not be available for everyone to do, but I started wearing a uh, continuous glucose monitor just every like, uh, because they last for two weeks. So I wear it for two weeks, get some Intel and then maybe like don't wear it for like a month or something just to see, cause I'm not a diabetic, but I just wanted to know. But honestly, like now I understand my cues so much better, but I always say to people like, so as far as blood sugar is concerned, like we're going to cover so much in the class, but the best thing that you can do as far as blood sugar balance, like after meals and such is to have a salad first. There's a reason that like the salad course is first because it really does help with like when you eat balancing your blood sugar. Of course you have to watch, you know, how much sugar is in things and all of those, that's kind of stuff. But like from like a very basic first step, just like eat the salad first and dessert last, but all in the same meal. And so I'm just thinking as a, as a chef, did you have to learn a lot of this stuff? Like, you know, food, but this is like kind of a different level. So did you have to learn a little bit or it was kind of already intuitive with what you do? I mean, with the Vitality Kitchen in my business in Edmonton, it was already very health focused. So some of this stuff makes sense, but there were a lot of things that like were surprising to me. So I, you know, in my healing journey, my thyroid was something that I had to like sort of be mindful of. And I was doing like low carb, no carb, intermittent fasting, like all of that kind of stuff. If any woman is listening right now or any woman with a person with a uterus or that bleeds, you need to stop doing intermittent fasting like this minute because those things are just like so bad, so, so bad for you. And um, I just find that like, I just find that like, the like the best way for someone to I think impact their blood sugar positively just to start is to have the salad first but also to recognize some of the like cues that hit them you know like for me I was eating low carb no carb and I would get I'd be hungry I'd be so tired um but I was still doing it because that's again coming back to following what you feel as opposed to what other people say everyone was like well this is what works this is gonna get you snatched for the summer but like what you eat like you know what I mean and I mean I am a human being I want to be snatched for the beach too but also like eating for like you have to divorce yourself from like eating for skinniness if you want to eat for hormonal balance because Mm -hmm. they are not at all the same and things like intermittent fasting and all that that's for men 
quite frankly, it's for people with prostates because it's just, it's a completely different, um, like it just affects our hormones so badly. And the thing about blood sugar that I think is so important to like highlight is that if your insulin is a hormone, so if your insulin is off and you have low glucose events, so low blood sugar, or you have really high blood sugar, what happens is your insulin is off and then your cortisol is off. And those two hormones being off, it's like a spiral, like a cascading spiral for like estrogen, progesterone, and all the hormones that we need to like cycle in a way that isn't painful, but it's like productive, you know, our body's just doing what it needs to do. And so, um, blood sugar is just so important. And there's so many things that we do and that I noticed that are like terrible for blood sugar. And one of them is low carb, no carb for most people, for me anyway. Interesting. What, what is life like for you now? Well, I, sometimes I like, I get overwhelmed because I'm like, holy smokes, all of the stuff that I said it was going to happen or I wanted to happen is happening. And so that sometimes is kind of, it's, it's kind of wild just because again, I have to do, I do a lot of work around feeling like worthy and feeling, but also feeling grateful at the same time. Cause sometimes gratitude can skew into being like so grateful, like, Oh my God, I don't deserve to be here. Thank you so much. Like that vibe. Yeah. Whereas I want to be like, just a great, like just, grateful for it but not like desperately grateful if that makes any sense but I find that now um like my life is so great there's other things I want like I'm single and I'm like ready for a relationship but for the most part I feel really content about my life I think I've done so much changing because I recognize the person I was when I moved here was very sad very scared didn't really know what she was doing and wanted all these things but didn't know how she was going to get them now that I have them, I feel more empowered, but I've also recognized that I'm like kinder, I'm more compassionate. Um, I have more empathy for people because I think having gone through such a tough time when I got here, not having any money, feeling really alone, and also just feeling like my mental state was all kinds of crazy. Um, and truly, I'm not using that word like lightly. Like I definitely feel like I was having like mental health problems at that time that I didn't really acknowledge until much later. But now I feel like because having gone through that, I, I'm just a nicer person. I, and I also feel like because my life is so good, I don't have time to get into it with someone whose life is maybe they're reacting to me poorly because something is going bad in their life. Like I just get that now because I know that's how I used to feel. Like someone snaps at me. It's like, this is about you, not me. If someone is, you know, short or mean or whatever, I'm like, that has to do with you. It doesn't have to do with me. And I think because I am so like empowered and secure in myself finally that I don't, it's kind of like Teflon. It just like rolls off now. I, because I know you, I know you are like naturally like an optimistic, energetic person, but yeah. now I do see a difference. Like you're just oh, so, thanks. <laughs> you have that energy, but you also just have this like insane confidence and it's not even confidence. It's like, it's, it is confidence, but it's not coming from a place of ego. If that yes. And that's how I used to be. I think a lot of people before when they knew me, they were like, you are so confident. You are so like outspoken. But that was like, I was talking a lot, but I wasn't communicating anything because I didn't want anyone to see me or to know me because it's scary being vulnerable because you're scared that when people see the real you, are they going to like that version of you? And so for me, uh, now I think that like, yeah, I just feel 
so much more like myself, like the person I like want to be. And that's why I feel so engaged in helping other people feel. And I think it has to do with how I feel in my body. Like I feel strong in my body. I feel healthy. I trust my body. And I think all of that, it just, it's something that you radiate as opposed to something that you acquire. Like I don't wear any makeup. I barely wear a bra. So I just don't care because, you know, because I think before all of those things, I'd be like, I'm not going out without makeup. Like I live in Toronto. I might see a hot guy, but now it's like, fuck it. If he doesn't want to look at me, he can look away, you know? And now I find validation from myself, whereas other before other people, but then I find that has drawn more relationships, more opportunities and more things that I used to try and acquire. Now they're attracted to me because of like who I've become. I love this. And I, I think people, I will, I think people will play this on repeat. Everything. I they, hope so. It's so good. <laughs> but before I let you go, I always ask the guests to tell me two to three things that you'll never quit. Um, I'll never quit wine with the exception of one I'm gestating. Um, I love it too much. And I also feel like it's one of those things that I gave up alcohol when in COVID when everyone was drinking and it was like the beginning and it was like that big joke of everyone just drinking at home. I was healing my skin. I couldn't have any wine. I couldn't have any vodka. I couldn't have anything. And so I didn't drink until October of 2020. So it was like a good eight months. And um, so when I got wine back, I literally took a sip of it and I was like, I will never say goodbye to you ever again. Like someone asked me to do a cleanse in January of this year. And I was like, no, I cleansed all of 2020. Like, yeah, thank you. I'm never doing a cleanse again. Um, another thing I won't quit is looking on the bright side. Um, I believe that like, cause there's two ways of like waiting for news or like waiting for an outcome. There's like, and you get the same outcome regardless. So it's like, if you were looking at it and you're like, oh my God, this could be terrible. If it goes this way, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you hate that time in between you ruin that time for yourself as well as opposed to being like well it might work out it would be so great if it worked out be doing this be doing that and I used to think like having that positive mindset was like stupid because you're just gonna let yourself down if it doesn't work out but it's like the outcome is still the same I would rather go through life being light and feeling light in my person and happy and optimistic as opposed to waiting for doom to come. But that also isn't to say that I don't acknowledge bad feelings. Like I'm not one of those people that's like, don't cry, don't cry. It's like, cry if you want to. But also I always look at things mostly from the bright side. So I don't think I'll ever stop doing that. And um, the last thing is I won't ever stop talking. I love to talk. I get all the time where like, you're so chatty, you're, you'd love to talk. And like, I think some people say it as they're trying to like, give me a dig. And I'm just always like, yep, I can, I can carry a conversation. Put me at any wedding table and I'll get it going. Take me on a road trip and I will talk the whole time. It is something that now I like step into as opposed to letting people like dog me a bit about. And make it into such a negative thing. I know I joke because I used to get on my report cards. It always said the comments were always like, she talks a lot in class. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's well, and now I, a day. <laughs> exa exactly. It's like, and now I honestly would love to go back to my online school. Wine loss. If you're listening, call me um, and say, every 